Welcome to the Normal Birth Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Whipple, and I'm excited to announce that this is the last episode of Season 1. Whether you're a regular listener or checking in for the first time, I really appreciate your support. If you like what you hear, please take a moment to rate the show and help us reach a broader audience. My guest today is Sierra S., I met Sierra through a group she runs for lovers of houseplants and boho decor. I reached out following the birth of her second child to see if she was interested in doing the show and was delighted to learn that she's also a seasoned birth worker and midwifery student. Her insight brings a whole new spin to her story of overcoming birth trauma with a scheduled induction. This episode contains mention of pregnancy loss and postpartum depression. For those interested in a follow-up on Sierra's continued story, she did have her gallbladder removed a couple of months after this interview. While it wasn't free of complication, she recovered well and reports that mentally and physically, things are just great. We're glad to hear it. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Normal Birth Podcast. If you have questions, comments, or are interested in being on the show, please send me an email to normalbirthpod at gmail.com. All right. Welcome, Sierra. How are you? I'm good. Good. How is the baby? Um, currently grouchy. Just woke up. Oh, no probably ready to drive me crazy for an hour except currently he's driving my husband crazy for an hour hey it's a good good trade-off there (laughs) um so tell me a little bit about yourself and how this pregnancy got started was this something you were really wanting did it just kind of happen um so about me we talked a little about that um so I'm in school my focus is actually um, as a CNM, which is a certified nurse midwife. Um, currently, I'm not doing that because I am on leave from everything. So um, I'm an artist. I own a studio that is out of my home. I run that with my husband and I'm a six-year-old. And how this pregnancy came to be was we tried from, I mean, we tried for four years to okay. have prior to having my daughter we went through four miscarriages we had my daughter and then I don't know if you could hear (laughs) no it's all good she might pop in here (laughs) as we speak so um, we tried in four years throughout that time we had two miscarriages prior to my daughter had my daughter that was six years ago had two miscarriages she just finished kindergarten and I was supposed to take this whole entire year off to myself just to focus on art focus on school things that were for me you know now that I have a child who's in school yeah good and for you it did not happen and <laughs> uh life decided hey this is the one time we're going to give you a baby without you having to like go through treatments and try and here you go congratulations and we made this that <laughs> this is our last because that is pregnancy six for us. Okay. So, um, how did you feel when, whenever you figured out, Hey, that's a positive test. Was there some anxiety there? Were you super excited? Um, there was anxiety because I'm pretty sure we joked about like, haha, we could have a baby now 
that she's in school. We talked about it for a couple of years. Um, and I'm pretty sure it, it might've been only like a week or two after we had made that joke. And I had taken the test because I turn into a monster. <laughs> a, major, um, a major negative person. And so that's how I tell that I'm pregnant every time. So I was like, I think, I think I might be, I don't know. I was like, that'd be weird. There's no way. Um, and I was, and I was very anxious <laughs> because in that moment after trying and going through what we did, I kind of felt like, I don't know that I want this. I yeah. don't know this. I, I think I don't know how to feel about it. Um, and actually I took a video. <laughs> um, sorry. <laughs> okay. Grab your downstairs. I love you. I don't want to get downstairs. Okay, well, you got to be quiet, Izzy. Sorry. No, no problem. I, this is not the first time this has happened. I love it. That's good. Because The reality. Might, um, what was I saying? Oh, so in the beginning, I actually, it was probably a month in, and I cried every day. I cried because I was scared. I cried because I have a six-year-old. I feel like I was taking time away from her. Um, if we were going to have another one, especially now, because she is at that age where she's very like needing and very uh, <laughs> active and everything. So I took a video actually to come back to. Mm -hmm. So I had it of me crying for 30 minutes and kind of like talking to myself via camera on like all the worries of like, I don't want this. I don't know how to feel. I'm scared for this and this. And I still have that on my phone to this day. Oh. <laughs> Hoping a recap video after he's a year old of like, hey, I did it and we're good and something I can like look back at. Yeah. I love you. Thank you. That's, that's quite the memento. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. It's because like with my other pregnancies, I was super pumped, but there were two that I was um, not totally sure about. And when I found out that they weren't viable, I was like, okay, I'm kind of relieved because mentally I had really bad postpartum depression um, with my daughter. So it was bad <laughs> that whole first year. And even two years after that, so for a solid three years, I didn't feel like myself, which I mean, just started to feel like myself and then got pregnant. Yeah. That's and super common. Can I ask, did you, did you breastfeed for a while? I breastfed for a year and a month. With for a year and a month. Okay. That's, that's a good stretch there. And we're having no issues. Um, it's going solid. <laughs> good. Awesome. <laughs> so I mean, you said you, you'd had a couple of complications before, and then you had the postpartum. So going into this pregnancy, is there anything that you were kind of expecting or anticipating that went differently? Um, really, I was expecting because of my pregnancies. I mean, the one that I did get pretty far into, obviously, um, I was expecting things to go pretty well very very easy and uh it was not this whole pregnancy was not easy um granted I did have about probably 25 to 30 pounds that I didn't have with her yeah so 
feel like the added weight gain that I had <laughs> and um, <laughs> mentally just getting back to a state where I thought I was starting to be like a normal person again, hmm. it probably didn't help. <laughs> yeah. Um, I also have PCOS. So that wasn't, I most likely had it with her and anytime during this, but it wasn't actually diagnosed until last year. So I just did medication, everything. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> This one was cute. I think this. Yes. Don't worry, Daddy. I will go downstairs. We're on the time limit. You gotta go downstairs, okay? So, what year was this when you when you found out you were expecting? It was. It was. Uh, 2021. 2021. So, I mean, clearly mid post pandemic era. What was your prenatal care like? So in the beginning, everybody wore masks. Everybody was six feet away. Um, very disconnected, which because I focus in midwifery care, it, it, it angered me so much because it was you can tell over the years and even before COVID that prenatal care is focused on in and out 10 minutes tops and there is no connection even if you're in I've worked in birth centers um, as a doula and they were even disconnected prior to COVID but during COVID still it's like more people want to focus on either just the baby and getting in and out or just the science of it but there's no compassion you don't there's a warming feeling to it that I felt yeah so this it was horrible um with my daughter even it was horrible and that had been six years so nothing over the time limit has gotten really any better was your husband able to be around for any of the prenatal visits he was we were allowed um one person at a time so my husband went to all of my ultrasounds um I did see MFM which is a specialist for um, high-risk pregnancies and he was able to go to those ultrasounds um for fetal echo and stuff to check heart because that was a concern um for both of my children and um it wasn't actually until it wasn't actually until um one second (laughs) my i have i've undiagnosed ADHD I'm pretty sure so that would just keep getting to me afterwards if I didn't yeah I feel that (laughs) I am um I just sharing personally I just got back on my ADHD medications after breastfeeding and it is a world of difference is it yes I need to make personal time to go (laughs) and because Everybody I know is like, are you sure you don't have ADHD? I'm like, no, I'm pretty sure I do. But to get it diagnosed as an adult, I feel like it's so hard. And now 
now there's so many more studies into that that I feel like people are actually like, oh, yeah, everyone. <laughs> um, we, we were on, oh, care. So at the end of care, my husband was able to be there. Nobody wore masks for the entire last two months of my pregnancy. And it was actually like, oh my God, I can see faces, not only just faces, people were actually starting to connect. And I think it's because you needed that. Everyone needed that. Everybody needed like their own hug <laughs> at this point. And yeah, <laughs> it's great. It's great. Honestly, my, I had a very traumatic birth with my daughter. Okay. Um, so I was expecting everything to just downpour. And I actually had to get induction at 39 weeks with this one. And I was scared. I went in, I cried a bunch, but everybody, we got in there and that room was huge. It was so beautiful. And we had a giant window and I was like, okay, this isn't too bad. I'm going to cry some more though. And then <laughs> everybody started coming in talking to me and I was like, I could see faces yeah. and they had a focal, focal point at the hospital that I was at on the ceiling. Ooh. So it was, didn't even have to think about that. There was an ocean that was on the ceiling. And it was like perfectly mapped out. It was the coolest thing. I was like, I brilliant. Yeah. So if you had to lay on your back, you're just like, oh, there's an ocean there. I can see land. I can see palm trees. This is beautiful. Put some music on. But it was it was the greatest experience. Um, I left that hospital, and every second from being induced to post post birth, I was like this is amazing. You guys have no idea. I feel like trauma has healed. Yeah. And oh my God, for my last baby, I would do this hundred percent again. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Um, so you, you mentioned some trauma. What, what kinds of things would you have considered triggers for you from that previous birth? Um, so like something that somebody else would have said this yeah. time. Okay. So <laughs> nurses hmm. with my daughter, came in 24 seven this time around from induction during nobody really came in. And when they did, I was like, Oh my God, you're going to give me bad news. You took blood work. You took, uh, whatever else you're in. Are you going to tell me that I need to be induced? Are you going to tell me? Because they, they were worried because I was overweight, which mind you with my daughter, I was like 190 this pregnancy. I started at 220. And I got up to 240 at my highest, um, which really like wasn't that bad. Yeah. So nice. um, they were concerned that I was going to have gestational diabetes the entire time, especially because I take metformin for my PCOS, which is a diabetic drug. So with that on file, they automatically classify you as a diabetic, even though I'm not even though never yeah. like scaled on it, anything. So the entire time I was like, you're going to come in because during pregnancy, they were like, oh, you're a diabetic. I'm not a diabetic. Oh, take your blood sugar. I'm not because I'm telling you right now, I'm not a diabetic. I'll take it. You can take it right now in front of me. I'll tell you when I'm eight, but I'm not a diabetic. But I'm not. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and high blood pressure, which at the end I did start getting, but I think it was because I was so anxious. Yeah. It wasn't all the time. It was just anytime I had to go in to see somebody, I was like, oh my God, you're gonna, you're gonna poke me, you're gonna prod at me. I'm not okay with this. And then just thinking you're prepared to have 
a whole person come out of you <laughs> and you may not be <laughs> does anyone ever get used to that part no. no no but exactly when I did give birth when he came out the first thing I said wasn't oh my god he had tons of hair it was an oh my god he's beautiful it was thank god I'm done <laughs> thank god I'm done and my husband just looked at me and was like he's he's emotional and he's like he's so handsome so beautiful and I was like I'm never doing this again but I'm legit never never doing this again and it was the best thing ever and my nurses just laughed and the midwife was like are you sure I'm like no this is we're done we're done <laughs> my just got his vasectomy on Monday and is healing as we speak so we are done <laughs> yes good for you <laughs> Okay, so you have you have a background in labor and delivery. So you've done some doula work. Yes. How long did you do that, or how many births would you say you've attended? Um, I attended probably because I I got my certification in two thousand fourteen. Okay. So it's been a couple of years. I stopped taking doula clients in two thousand and nineteen because that's when we moved. Okay. So between that entire period, I took four births a month and that included four postpartum families a month. Okay. So that's a significant four. number. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we don't have to do the math. <laughs> I would throw 500 out there, but I feel like even that might still be, I, when people ask me that, usually I don't even think about it and I'm like 500, but now I'm like, strategically should I say that <laughs> or should I be it was about four months though um yeah. that time I made sure to work with my work schedule with my school schedule but it always worked out <laughs> there were a few times that I would go into work and I'd be like 12 hour shift here we go after just 12 hour birth <laughs> non-stop <laughs> um so with that experience, who would you consider to be your trusted resources if you had questions or wanted to talk about something in the pregnancy? Um, I mean, currently right now. Yeah. <laughs> Once you shoot me a message ever, they are welcome to. Um, I don't, my brain has been so not focused for the last year on all of it that I'm like, okay, I really need to start getting back into it because come fall, which is only a month and a half away or two months away, um, I'm probably gonna have to start focusing on that again. <laughs> but resource-wise, um, so we obviously have the American Obstetrician um, Academy. I, I should know this and yet I do not. Academy of Obstetrics, I think. Yeah. yeah. Yes, so we have that. And that's wonderful, but I'm a little biased and I prefer to look at the British equivalent mm -hmm. of the UK equivalent because their stuff hasn't changed. They yeah. use everything as it was. Um, and not to say that their stuff is outdated, but their care is a lot better compared to the American care if we had to look anywhere. But um, even theirs is still flawed, I would say. So I look at things 
if you if you had to look at something, I would not look at something from what is it? Education. I'm gonna Google this. <laughs> there was uh, there's like childbirth on demand. There's uh, education resources or something like that that I used to look into, and that stuff's great. But it's basically a cookie cutter website. It always looks the same. Yeah. Where birth resources or something um, very generic. Yeah. And that that's okay. But if you want like hardcore resource resource either the British equivalent is a great place to go and search whatever your questions are. If you were to go on to Google, say you didn't want to go there and you wanted more of like a, a better framed version, Google Scholar. Okay. I Scholar everything that I need to. That's a good tip. <laughs> because you get, I mean, you just have to do a few keywords three or four keywords, it's going to pop up everything. But if you want it to be a hundred percent accurate, do the year, it's going to give you everything that came out that year. All right. And you have things. So you're not getting a cookie cutter website. You're not getting somebody who might be biased and a CEO of a website or a company that's putting out information. You can do your own research. And that's what I prefer because I don't go into any conversation about birth or anybody who does ask me questions with, I know the answer. I'm a hundred percent right. There are a million. The one thing that bothered me about being a doula is there are other doulas. There are other birth providers. There are other midwives and nurses that will always be around just unfortunately to come at it with the, I know the answers to everything. Yeah. I don't a hundred percent. I don't, and I'm not ever going to come off like that to somebody I'm going to come off with, let me do the research for you. Mm -hmm. And then together let's compile what you want to look at more in depth. Yeah. That's a great standard of care. I like that because then you can, for a more biased thing, um, vaccinations, for instance, those things can get, depending on this person, um, out of hand and you can always have your opinions, but I don't like to put mine into them. Yeah. I'd rather just compile. This is what it is. This is what it is on this side. This is what we can look at together and whatever you think is more factual. And that's what you want to roll with. I'm here to care for you. I'm here to roll with it together. It's easier. So what do you think was important to you going into your labor? So going into my labor, it was not being in pain. And I know that <laughs> sounds just just general. <laughs> Nobody wants to be in pain ever. Um, but with my daughter, I had a 28 hour labor. Okay. Um, and I pushed for 45 minutes. I want to say 30 to 45 minutes with her before she was like, yeah, I'm here. <laughs> and I was done. Um, so medicated or no on that one? So I got to seven centimeters and okay. at that point I had made a left turn on my side uh -huh. with a pita ball, which those things are amazing. If you get the chance to use them, use them 24 seven, 24 seven. Um, and my water broke and I was not prepared for what happened at that moment because it went from me talking to the nurse, like, Hey, I think my water broke to her looking at me and my eyes, I could feel them 
turn back into my skull and just get really wide. And then oh. suddenly like everything hit me, everything. It was like pain in my back, in my butt, everywhere. I was not prepared. So this time around, I was like, hey, I don't want my water to break on its own. If we can avoid that, or like, if you think we're really close to that, can we, can we get an epidural? <laughs> yeah. Because I sat through an epidural with my daughter at seven centimeters, which is not highly it, suggested by anybody. Yeah. That's not easy to hold still. Yeah. Yeah. I did that. And then, then, you know, then I dilated, then it was fine. Okay. Two it did push for a C-section because it had been over that 24 hour period, but I fought through it. <laughs> All right. Good for you. So, so three centimeters, I was like, are we close? And she's like, yeah, yeah. You're feeling kind of stretchy. I'm like, cool. Epidural. Like, yeah. If you want to, I'm like, great. And yeah. then she broke my water and it was the most peaceful thing. 28 hours turned into seven, seven solid hours that it was amazing. <laughs> That's wonderful. That's great. Cause you hear so many stories about things like, oh, you know, they broke my water and I didn't ask for it, but you like, you knew what you wanted. <laughs> you wanted that to happen. Yeah. I was prepared. I was like, look, as long as I have an epidural in, I don't feel nothing below. You can poke me wherever you need to poke me. I'm good. I don't That's care. Awesome. <laughs> um, so how far away from your, your home was your hospital or, or where did you deliver? I delivered at Blanchfield Army Community Health. Okay. Something. Bach. It's called Bach. That's yeah. that's what I heard. Yeah. The, the so, hospital at Fort Campbell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. That. I delivered there um, just because I have TRICARE Prime. So it was the only solution, but it was also the easiest solution, um, at least because I was high risk, but not so much that they were going to refer me off post. And I was fine with that. And I actually enjoyed my care with the midwives that I saw. So that's great. I'm loving it. Um, though there are horror stories for every place, but it is probably 15 minutes. I live off post and I live close to the Kentucky side, but closer to Nashville. Yeah. That so, was how was driving in? So because I was induced, um, I woke up at 4.45 a.m. The day of my induction called. Of course, they didn't have beds because there's a million people having babies 24-7. So <laughs> <laughs> they were not prepared. They told me to call back at 10. I got my husband out of bed at 8.30 in the morning and said, hey, you're going with a walk for me um, because I need to. So yeah. we took a walk. And at 9.30, I was like, screw this. I'm not waiting until 10 to call back. I'm calling you right now. I called. She said, Came, come in. And so we drove there and I felt like I was just in a daydream. I was like, oh my God, it's time. We're going in. We're having a baby. I'm not actually in labor. This feels extremely weird because my daughter, I was in labor. And this time I'm like, uh, I feel like I need to be in labor. This is causing a lot of anxiety. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I don't know. I've, I've never been induced. I don't really know what it feels like to go in. It like felt that. like a daydream. Like you're just like, you're so close to holding your baby. You're not sure rather than like when you're in labor, 
when you're in labor, your whole body is like uncomfy, not going to say painful because it's really not for me, at least labor isn't painful. It's more an annoying wave of uncomfy feelings, Okay. (laughs) which after a couple hours of that, you get really irritated. Yeah. And then because you're like, why is my back hurting repeatedly? Why do I feel like um, my whole body is in a jar and somebody's like suction company cupping at it? Something is what it feels like. So when you're inducing, um, I mean, like the actual process to induce depends on where you're at. But for me, it was uh, inserting Cervidil. I think it's what it's Cytotech Cervidil. They insert that it's a medication drug to basically thin out your cervix more um, or dilate it, not dilate it, but thin it. So I just sat there. <laughs> I sat there the entire time. They were just like, here's some medicine. Um, halfway through the induction, they stopped and they were like, do you want to eat? I'm like, whoa, you can eat? And she's like, yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. I was like, that's yeah. wonderful. Yeah. I was like, sandwich. And that was the best sandwich of my life still to this day. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. What was on it? Um, so I got a turkey Swiss tomato and spinach with mayo. Oh, and it sounds so good. Big, but it was the greatest thing for me. Um, so after that, were you allowed to eat anything? Yes, yeah. I was allowed to snack, um, which in that moment, I was just so ready to have a baby. I was like, no, I don't want to eat anything. I just want to go. Let's do this. Let's get it over with. I'm not going to spend 28 hours in this hospital. Yeah. I don't want to. And I didn't. They only required me to stay for 24 hours. And they only required that I, that I and my husband before leaving the hospital do a discharge class, which includes watching the purple video, the, um, you know, like babies cry, don't shake them. Shake them. Yes. Um, and some other things that Blanchfield had prepared that were extremely long and everybody in that class was falling asleep <laughs> you know, had a baby. So it's like, why are we, why are you forcing this? Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm glad they do have those classes though. Goodness. You, you go into parenthood and there's no preparation. <laughs> it's just what you Googled. <laughs> yep. yep. Pretty much. Okay. So you're in labor you've been induced you have a little time to kill before you got that epidural how did you occupy your time in there i looked around the room a lot (laughs) honestly (laughs) those people that are like oh are you watching the grass grow yes i was i was watching the walls grow (laughs) did you take anything with you in your labor bag and just not use it um so i took no i pretty much i left my tablet which i'm currently on I left that home for my daughter so that she could FaceTime me and my husband, but my husband had fallen asleep the entire time, halfway through, or not even halfway towards the pushing period. He woke up and got sick. So he spent like 45 minutes in the bathroom and I entire time in the dark, just staring at things. And I had my phone, but it had died. And because he was getting sick and I was just kind of like ready, I was like, it's fine. I don't need to charge it. <laughs> and like, I'll just hang when out. He came, yeah. When he came out of the bathroom, um, everybody rushed in and he's like, what's happening? I was like, oh, 
it's time. And he's like, okay, you know, not realizing it for a second. And then they put all the lights on and he was like, oh, right now? I was like, yeah, I'm going to attend, dude. <laughs> it's time to put this. She's like, <laughs> time to go. Okay, we're doing this. <laughs> there was a HGTV, that much I can say on the TV. And probably every once in a while, I would turn my head and look or watch them like, oh, you're building a house. That's cool. <laughs> Those kinds of shows are nice because there's always something pretty to look at yep. <laughs> at some point. <laughs> you're like, oh. Build things. You're like, that's, that's cool. Yeah. I'll probably do that one day when I don't have time. <laughs> so how did you know that you were ready to push? So the nurse came in and I was like eight and she said, you are really, really stretchy. So if you feel like bearing down, you know, let me know. And she probably only left the room for 20 minutes before I started to feel like that. Mm-hmm. And during those 20 minutes, because of who I am and because when you work in healthcare, but especially when you work in labor delivery, especially when your degree is in babies and mm-hmm. you've already had a child prior, your brain starts to really hard hardwire to like, okay, I'm going to analyze every part of what I'm feeling right now. Is this actually feeling? Is it not what I'm feeling? So for those 20 minutes, I was like, I'm going to hit the, no, I'm not going to hit the call button. I should hit the call button. Do I feel like pushing? Is this actually what she means? You've had a baby. Wouldn't you remember this? No, no. Okay. And then just for giggles, I was like, I think I feel like pushing. I'm going to, I'm going to push this button. So I pushed the button. She came in and she's like, oh yeah, you're at a nine, 30 minutes. I'm like, okay. She's like, let me know if you feel like pushing though. Cause uh, you're almost there. Okay. And 15 minutes went by. And I was like, look lady, I, I feel like pushing. I'm telling you right now. I feel it. And yeah. She, okay. So she um, checked again, which is not a normal standard, but because I asked for it, she was like, yeah, if you're comfortable with it, which the more they check can definitely bring on infection, which is why if somebody wants to do that, you should not let them, you should wait till you're ready. But also because if you don't have enough thorough checks or checks are painful. I'm not going to say they're uncomfortable. They are painful hundred percent for anybody listening to this. <laughs> um, so make sure you're ready. But um, she checked and she said, honestly, I feel like if you give a good push or you cough a little while pushing, we could probably get you to attend. So everybody came in and and I mean, I, like I said, I pushed, I gave like four pushes in five minutes and he was out and she's like, okay. So I went from a nine to, Hey, there's a baby. <laughs> yeah, man. That's really cool. So tell me about, um, you have a baby. Did you get to do the golden hour? Yes. Which was part of healing the yeah. trauma. I had prior because with my daughter, she was immediately rushed to the NICU because she had heart condition, um, which my son does too, but they're waiting to see if it works itself out. And he's been to probably weekly visits since he's been born over the past month and he's been fine. So they're not concerned and they weren't my daughter, but um, the golden hour I did get to do, it was the greatest thing ever that after everybody cleared the room and after, you know, I had that whole thing on him done spiel in my head and with my husband and just being like, that was great. Seven hours compared to 28. Like we, we analyzed the whole thing. Yeah. Um, 
it was the greatest thing ever. Then I was like, you're so beautiful, crying. Oh my God, I'm really hungry now. Someone feed me. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that, and I didn't, I didn't get to eat though until the morning, which honestly was okay because through the night, my husband had snacks of chips and chocolate. So yeah, <laughs> I ate chips and chocolate all night. If you're, if you're listening to this, put a snack in your bag. <laughs> yes, multiple yeah. snacks. And co- coconut water. Coconut water has so many electrolytes in it. It will help you during labor. And if they tell you you can't have it, sneak it. Tell <laughs> <laughs> you to sneak it. It's, I specifically put, I did make a birth plan. I specifically put on my birth plan, which for anybody listening to you, if you're a first-time mom, is more of a preference. Um, always go in with an open mind, but it is a preference, not really a solid plan. Those are amazing to have, cover everything you can, look up um, Google templates and fill them out, print them, check it, whatever you do. But mine specifically said, I didn't need snacks, but it specifically said water's fine, um, but coconut water as well. And when I asked my nurse at first, the first nurse I had on, she was like, um, is it clear? And I straight up lied to her. I was like, yes, it's clear. <laughs> Clearly she did not know what coconut water was. <laughs> what coconut water is. It is not clear. <laughs> not clear. It is cloudy. It is, but that's close. That's close for me. I was like, it's fine. I'm taking this at my own time. So, um, so what was, did you, do you remember what the repair situation was like? So you, you've got your golden hour. Do you remember delivering the placenta or the cord cutting? So because I was cracking jokes about being done, <laughs> um, I remember hearing my husband uh, being asked, like, cut here. And I remember him almost cutting somewhere he wasn't supposed to and then being like, no, 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 here. And he's like, Okay, and I remember the midwife giving him a hard time being like, you got butterfingers over here, you can't cut it. Like, it's, it's a really weird angle, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that was what I remember hearing and repair wise, uh, they didn't say anything about my placenta, which I wish I would have gotten to see because when I was working as a doula, I did also encapsulate placentas. So for okay. me, I wanted to see that because I didn't with my daughter. But um, I didn't, and it's okay. Something I missed, but it's not like end game of everything. Yeah. Um, afterwards, though, I did only have one tear, which is the first to laceration, and it was on the inside. And okay. since then, it's like healed. So that's awesome. That's no pain good. there or anything. More of the. It feels like pressure. It just felt like pressure and. Um, they give you those awesome like pad sickles. Yeah. I did. I did use those. I also um, bought some on Amazon. So I did use those afterwards when we got home too. Um, so what was your, your postpartum period like? Um, so week one, it was being really like hyper, really like thank God I'm going to do this. It's awesome. I have two kids. It's going to be so great. Uh, week two was horrible. <laughs> week two was, I think everything's going to kill me. And, um, mentally I just was not in a great place. 
still even right now, but it's hard. I just had this conversation yesterday um, with one of the nurses when I was talking to them about my gallbladder surgery, possibly. I was having to do that questionnaire of like, how are you feeling? Yeah. And I marked not too hot, but I have severe postpartum depression with my daughter. I had it and I feel like it's still kind of trying to come on now. Um, but I just keep telling myself, like, just keep swimming. <laughs> it's okay. Um, so week two was hard because my, my pump broke. So oh. I was pumping to try to just have like a few bottles here and there because my biggest thing as an adult and just as me in general is I need sleep. So yeah. at this point, if I don't get enough sleep, I'm grouchy and, um, it's just not good. And I can't function. And that makes my depression so much worse. Yeah. Especially because I'm not medicated. It would make it so, so bad. So, um, I kept pumping and I broke my pump. Well, I didn't break my pump. My pump broke. I went through two days of like trying to figure out what I needed to do. And finally I had to go talk to the company instead of who I bought it through, but who the actual like maker is manufacturer. Yeah. And go through that. So that was, that was like strike two on my strike. One would have been when my daughter was like, take him back. I don't want a baby anymore. I don't like this. You don't give me nighttime snuggles because our routine for years that, you know, she's all the years that she's been alive has always been, my husband does bedtime books, but before that she gets to snuggle for 30 minutes or if she falls asleep in our bed with me in my arms and instead you know it is without sugar i replaced her with my son yeah for the you don't you don't so, have a choice sometimes yeah yeah, yeah. You don't. it's rough um because in that moment i felt like i betrayed her because me and my daughter are so close and these last four weeks, I feel like we've been the most distant ever. And that that's starting to push me into depression. But um, it's moments where once in a while during the day, she'll be like, I love this. Like today we were watching um, the Lorax together. And she said, when daddy's not home, this is the best thing. We watch cartoons and we hang out with baby. And she always is like, I want to kiss him. I love him. And this is the greatest, but if she gets in trouble, then it's, it's 180. Yeah. Everything's, everything is horrible. And that, that is enough to crush me in this moment. Yeah. So does she, does she have any outside, like any go-tos, any friends that she can hang out with or grandparents in the area? No, all of our family is four and a half hours away um, in a whole different state and always has been always. Um, So because she just started kindergarten this year, she made tons of friends and her birthday was actually um, last week or last weekend. So she didn't have any of her classmates come to her birthday. She had two neighborhood boys that we, we were friends with their parents that are like bus stop friends. They came over and hung out with her. Um, and then my friend Jen from our Bohomies group, her daughter hung out with her and it was great, but locally 
it's just those two boys. And because I'm not, I'm close to their mom, but mm-hmm. we're still like that. We're friends, we're close, but they probably work 24 seven and they never know their schedule. Um, and because of who I am, I never want to burden somebody. And that's how I feel being like, Hey, can you send your kid over? Or can I send them over? Um, so she's got them, but yeah. And I'm super protective about, yeah, you can walk two houses down to their house or they can come over here. It, it's weird. Yeah, no, I, I totally understand that. Um, so what kind of support system do you currently have? Currently, I have my husband. <laughs> my husband is my major support. I would I would like to say probably my only, but this time around, I feel like there's a lot more people um, because of our Bohomies group. Mm-hmm. I've got so many people there that I don't even know in person that reach out or have this entire month been like, hey, do you need anything? Or they just want to talk and ask about me and not just me and baby or just baby, yeah. which is, um, which for anybody listening that does have people around them asking what they can do make sure they know not to just ask about the baby, ask about you, tell people ahead of time and don't be afraid to be like, look, I need me time. (laughs) So if you want to help me, give me me time and know that I am still important to you as well. Yeah. Uh, People. So right now I would say I have a pretty solid few couple people. Um, and even people I probably don't know that are in the background somewhere and you know checking in whether it's on Facebook or something and holding on to that is is still having support even if they're not physical yeah no every every little bit is is great and and like you said it's it's wonderful that they're contacting you and asking about you yeah that's that's huge without you have to be like hey how are you doing or um like admin messages that I've been getting they've been like how are you doing how's baby do you guys need anything and I'm like that's sweet I don't even know you in person that's awesome I I treat everybody from our group as if I do I don't ever you know not like do I know you it's always oh hey there what can I help you like (laughs) let's be friends that's awesome so you're you said you were having a gallbladder surgery um how has that worked for you (laughs) what 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 has that been like I went yesterday to yesterday my days that's another thing about being postpartum is your days just even if your brain's not mom braining hard and you're like forgetting everything but you're clustered all around you're forgetting your days like legitimately forgetting your days was it yesterday was it yesterday night two days ago yeah So it might've been yesterday that I went to the doctor. I'm pretty sure it was. Um, I went and talked to the surgeon and this guy only got the report from the ER visit that I had. And um, he told me to go back to the ER, get a disc, do that. And my husband's taking it tomorrow for him to look at. But he pretty much said that based off the symptoms I'm having, he doesn't think it's my gallbladder 100%. So, um, he wants me to still get it removed. <laughs> yeah. He said, I think you should still get it removed because if uh, it is issues and it is sore, which it is sore, like he did push on it, but if you're not pushing on it, it's not, 
um, and because of being so common for postpartum mothers to have gallbladder issues that having removed saves the trouble of later on getting um, gallbladder disease. So that's wonderful. But for me, it seems like an unnecessary (laughs) surgery in this moment. So I'm kind of confused. I'm waiting. I take the disc in tomorrow and him to tell me, because I looked at the disc and I don't, I see shadowing, Uh but I don't large gallstones so for not a dire need um he thinks it could be muscle spasms in my back um so I don't know (laughs) yeah well I mean that's a huge surgery to to throw at you this close after having a baby your body is still healing you're Mm -hmm. emotionally still adapting to a huge change I'm not to mention all the the drugs and things that you have to do and yeah. being out of commission for a short period of time. Breastfeeding in the midst of post-COVID World War Three, no formula. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I specifically told him that if I did get surgery, which I wasn't sure on, I needed to talk to my husband about because he just went back to work. So we would have to figure out um, some way because when the night that it first happened and I reached out to you about like, Hey, I'm in the hospital. I'm not going to be able to do this. Um, my dad, when I got back from the ER had called me and I sat on the phone and that, that was the night I felt defeated. That, that was the night that I got back and I was like, I have postpartum depression a hundred percent. Um, I sat in my living room floor holding my son with my daughter going up to bed with my husband and crying on the phone with my my dad, who I was not raised with. Mm-hmm. So I don't show a lot of emotion to him because I love him, but we are still building on that, um, that relationship. So, uh, it was very awkward to cry on the phone with him, <laughs> but I cried and he told me he would come down, but currently my grandmother has cancer okay. that she's with, so he can't come down as much okay. as he wants to try to. Um, and the next day he sent me like this long paragraph that I'd never, that was the most emotion he's ever showed me in my whole life about how I will always be here for you. And I love you. And if you need me to come down, I will, but not having a solid support system in the terms of who's going to help take care of me and the kids. Yeah. If camp is kind of rough, um, and not being able to find formula if, formulas needed, which we did have to get a can that night. My husband had to go to one store, which was a blessing um, while I was in the ER, but he had to take both kids and exactly two cans left. So he took one of the two cans and that kind of partly makes me feel bad too, because we are not a formula family. We've tried to use that can over the last month um, or over the last week and a half that it's been so, um, when we go out, we'll like supplement. So that way I can pump while I'm out, um, without having to like nurse him, but that makes me feel bad. You know, I took a can away from a family who potentially needed it when we're a breastfeeding family is conflicting. <laughs> There's so much guilt, I think going on about that right now. I, I think people don't understand the reality that formula is 
so much more necessary than people realize. Everyone's just like, oh, you know, why don't you just breastfeed more? Well, there's there's a lot of reasons you don't just breastfeed more. (laughs) It's not easy to just breastfeed. And even though I did it with my daughter for a year and a month, I I had complications. We supplemented for probably a couple months out of that year. And um, I don't have to supplement with my son. I'm solid not to, but uh, it is good that we have that can. It's good for, I think, a couple more months. And we've only used probably two two ounce bottles out of it. So if I get surgery, we have it. Yeah. Um, But I did talk to my surgeon and specifically told him, hey, uh, if I have to get this or if I choose to get this, I need to make sure that I have medication that is safe. Yes for breastfeeding. And he specifically said that there is some, and I've joined other groups. Um, like there's a gallbladders and moms group, um, or gallbladder and breastfeeding moms group that I just joined and they go over all the medication that they've been on. Um, so I feel confident. I do, I can pick through there and be like, Hey, I need this, this medication for painkillers, um, or, you know, a way to work through it because I need that. Yeah. (laughs) I don't want to, but if I do have to pump and dump, then I do for 10 days, what he said in 10 days, you know, to most people it's like, oh, it's just 10 days, but it's like, that's 10 days of a supply that I'm going to lose. And I, um, that's, that's a solid week and a half to mess up my entire supply right now, because the first eight weeks, your supply is just getting regulated. So anything added to that can drop it uh it could cause an oversupply which would be the most blessing thing ever right now even though that has its own curses to it too yeah um because everybody wants an oversupply till they don't that happens (laughs) Yeah. yeah oh no there's people don't realize i don't think like how what it's like just to be hooked up to that machine for so long (laughs) it's hours of every day where you just have to sit with these things sucking on your boobs it's it's miserable and it's mine I mean with my daughter I didn't have these at all but mine are the cups yeah they're the circular cups that you just put on and then you go we went into a doctor visit um for my son probably two weeks ago and I had both of these on and from standards it looks like you have a huge chest (laughs) somehow my husband did not notice we get back in the car and it's dead silent and he's like what's that noise I'm like my pump he's like you were pumping this whole time I'm like yeah the entire hour and a half that we were at this doctor visit I've been pumping I was like but look now I'm done and poured it into a bag and we went home and I was like storage Man, those things are a blessing. I want I want all pumps <laughs> to be that easy. I had a Spectra, which was like the little pink one. I thought that was the coolest thing when I had my daughter. It sucked. I never used it. And then when we moved here, I just threw it away because pumps don't last. Yeah, they, they don't. Years, but um, for anybody that asks me now, because I have lactation training, I'm like, don't ask me about pumps because I'm biased and I think everybody should have um, these like shell ones that you yeah. just pop onto your boobs and go. Um, don't don't waste your money on something that plugs in and you're stuck to a wall outlet. 
I don't think, um, so going back to the gallbladder stuff, I don't think most people realize that there is such a strong correlation with pregnancy. I had no idea until it happened to me. And then talking to my doctor, he was like, yeah, we see lots of new moms in here with this. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? Why isn't this covered? Like, why are we not looking out for this in more pregnancies? Because when it happened to me, it was like, oh, I'm in pain and I'm horribly ill. And now all of a sudden I have this surgery. It would have been nice <laughs> if I had had yeah. some kind of warning. <laughs> yeah, when I messaged you and told you, you were like, oh yeah, it's super common. And then I made a post on my page and all my friends, half, like more than half of the women <laughs> that I'm friends with, I found out do not have a gallbladder. And I was like, oh, yeah. I haven't reached that point in my degree where it's like, these are things you learn about. I haven't reached anything in my degree to be like, oh, these are things you learn about. Um, and even when I did doula work for years, they don't focus, like, unless you're heavily focused on science in that moment, I wasn't, I was a nurse and I would take a break from nursing to do doula because you can be a nurse and a doula at the same time. You can't, it's licensing wise. Um, People will tell you you can, but legally you should not because if something happens, you are going to take the fall for it mm -hmm. because you have the license and that's not a medical scope of practice. Yeah. So when I would take a burnout and just do, do the work, nobody I worked with, even postpartum, granted it had only been a couple visits, had ever had gallbladder issues. Yeah. So if they did, they had it after I was no longer caring for them and I just didn't realize it or they just didn't all together but when I messaged you and talked to, to half the other women that I'm friends with I was surprised I was like oh it's super common okay <laughs> um why didn't this happen with my daughter could yeah. it not have happened then and then I had all this happening and taken out like because yeah. now it seems like it's going great and it's trying to kick me back at every moment that I think things are going great yeah I was fortunately able to find drugs where I could continue breastfeeding, but I'll just be honest. I couldn't hold my daughter for a couple of days. Um, there were just extended periods of time where I was not up to breastfeeding. I could pump, but then I had to go take a nap. And um, I fortunately, my mother-in-law was around and she was able to stay for a couple of weeks and help me out. But I, I don't know how people do it if they don't have support systems like that. I'm, I'm having to make the call of, do I lose my supply or at least dwindle it down to yeah. pain further? Or do I say F it and I'm just going to be in pain and suffer through it. And, and that was, that was my, my whole thought process when I was in the ER and crying to my dad was, I'm, I'm stuck between, between choosing myself or my child. And as a mother, I'm going to choose my child as well because of the formula shortage. Um, and then, as you said, like all the care afterwards, I, I've never had a major surgery in my yeah. entire life. I've been ENT work, um, tubes in the ears, things like that. So for me, it sounds like a very extensive yeah. procedure and I'm not super prepared for that at all. And, um, people were saying that, I mean, even the surgeon said, don't hold anything over 10 pounds. Well, my son has got to easily be yeah. 10, 
if not maybe 11 now, because he's a chunky little boy. Yeah. He was, he was nine and a half, uh, two weeks ago. And at birth he was eight and a half. So I would assume he's about at the 10, 10 and a half to 11 range now. Mm -hmm. Um, so you're telling me now I can't hold him, which that's, that's just a no go altogether. But, um, I'm supposed to keep a pillow in between me and him in case he kicks me. Mm -hmm. Barely forget that I've had surgery and managed to accidentally bump against something I'm going to kill over. I've not prepared for that. (laughs) It's manageable. You can do it. It, it is a surprisingly short healing period. That's, that's the good part about it. It, It's over with quickly. (laughs) How long were you in the hospital for um it was outpatient really yeah I, I was I was out a few hours later I did not ask that question yesterday but he said recovery was like three to seven um days and I was like okay that doesn't sound right. bad I was like am I gonna be stuck in this hospital <laughs> like what is that like no they sent me home the nurse yeah that was good so Wrapping up, what would you say would be your big takeaway from this that you would want other women to know about your birth story? Um, that you you can think you're done having kids after six years. You can have trauma and um, be absolutely terrified and it's, it's valid and it's normal. Mm-hmm. And anybody that tells you that it's not is a quack. <laughs> yeah. And don't listen to them and don't let them bring you down with it because your next delivery, next birth, next postpartum period could turn out to be everything that you needed in the beginning and just didn't get. And it, it's okay (laughs) because it's okay to be scared. Um, yeah. Cause I was terrified. Like I said, I took, I took a video and I still have all my phone to come back to and look at of me just bawling my eyes out. (laughs) Um, and I, I mean, for me, that's transparency. It's, it's keeping, um, a collective of things to say that like I conquered because for me, I need visual. So if you are a visual person like me and you think that sounds dumb, but you're willing to do it, do it in the beginning of your pregnancy, you know, take a video, tell the video, all of your fears, and then don't look at it ever (laughs) until you are postpartum because I did not I took that video I didn't open it I left it on my phone and only just found it after clearing out my phone um videos and pictures and was like oh yeah that exists and I just watched it and I was like wow I was I was sad I was scared yeah. uh, but now I made it like I did that <laughs> so yeah. I would say no matter what that's what you should take away from it just know that it's okay to have trauma, but not to um, fear it for, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm proud of you and I will be checking in on you from time to time. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully we'll see each other at an event at some point if I can never get out of the house. <laughs> I feel that the event that we just had was, um, it, it there wasn't that much to it but it was also a lot yeah it was draining <laughs> I came home and was like thank god that's over on to the next one 
All right. Well, you have a good night. And thank you so much for sitting down with me tonight. No problem. Thank you for having me. I, I told my husband, I was like, I get to be on a bird podcast. <laughs> He's like, I don't know what that is. I'm like, it's okay. I'll, I'll cover it later. <laughs>